So what we're going to talk about tonight is we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Y'all remember that now? And so some, uh, some fruity in our circles is good. And so the fruit of the Spirit is good. And so a lot of times people know that there's nine fruit, there's nine manifestations. The nine manifestations come from the Holy Ghost as he wills. You've seen some of those tonight. Uh, word of um, knowledge and gifts of healing, those are manifestations of the Holy Ghost. That's as the Holy Ghost wills, that comes upon you. A person doesn't decide whether they're going to do that or not. You can't do that without the manifestation, without the presence of the Spirit of God. He wants that in the church. It's to profit everybody, but he doesn't just want that in the church. He wants that working through you. So if you, a Spirit-filled believer, are ready for that, God can use you that way anywhere you go. Amen. Doesn't have to be just for church. Amen. But now the fruit of the spirit, that's something different. The fruit of the spirit are not the fruit with some people call it the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's really um, not totally accurate. It's the fruit of your born again spirit. It's the fruit of your born-again spirit. The Holy Spirit obviously enables you, but this fruit is more of a sign of maturity. This fruit is something that if you as a born-again believer don't develop, it's not happening. It's not happening. In other words, that seed that's in your born-again spirit that will produce this fruit will just lay there. And so really when someone comes in contact with you in our circles, everybody's all excited about the manifestations of the spirit. Yes, we're supposed to pray for those. Yes, we want those. Of course, you, if you come to church here, you know we want those in demonstration because they show the reality of God and his power. But if someone bumps into us and really the hour we live in, what we ought to see is some fruit. Amen. When they bump into you, you're supposed to be a fruit tree. And you got some fruit hanging off of you that they can partake of that could possibly help them in their day and in their journey. And then um, what the Lord dealt with me about, I have a book, you all know that. But after I wrote that book, and then I got some extra chapters, but it was too late because it was published. And so I'm probably going to change the book and turn it into a workbook because then the Lord began to deal with me. And I may have gotten ahead of myself, I don't know, or I just needed to get it done and get moving. But then he began to deal with me about how the fruit of the Spirit pushes out the works of the flesh. And so that's where we were. Let's remember. So you remember, you remember, you remember where we were now. Galatians chapter five. Everybody good? Galatians chapter five. Hallelujah. I'm really glad y'all came tonight. I believe uh, you won't melt. And I'm so grateful that you chose to come. Galatians chapter five. Um, no, Galatians, because uh, that's Ephesians. Yes, Galatians chapter five, but that's Ephesians. Galatians chapter five, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. So what does it mean to walk in the spirit? Let's review. When you walk in the spirit, Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus said in John chapter four, talking to the woman at the well, you remember that? He said, there's a day coming and now is when true worshipers will worship in the spirit and in truth. So worship can, if done right, should be in the spirit. The word of God is spirit in life. You remember John the Revelator. He was in, uh, in, the Revel in the book of Revelation. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What a lot of spirit-filled people and people like us get confused is when they say, uh, when a word of knowledge happens, when, um, when somebody gets excited and jumps up and down or even runs around the room or, or, or gives a message in tongues and 
somebody interprets it, they'll say, wow, they were really in the spirit. Well, that's really not accurate. That means what, what we should say is, wow, they yielded to the spirit. Because to be in the spirit, so, so see, because if that happens, when that happens, you can't do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen. You can't. Because that's as the Holy Ghost manifests, you can yield and you can laugh and we like that and you can run and we can see the manifestations of the spirit and we want that. But that's not in the spirit, that's yielding to the Holy Ghost. Because if you see, so. Because so, it wouldn't probably be proper while you're at Boeing working and, and you give a, stand up and give a tongue and interpretation or something. Or you begin to dance. And, I don't know. It might be. Pro- I don't know. But, but that's probably not going to happen. But you can be in the spirit while you're working at Boeing. While you're on the arsenal. You really need to be in the spirit while you're on the arsenal. You, you can be in the spirit when you're teaching uh, even natural things as you're a teacher or wherever you work or whatever you do. It is our goal to be in the spirit all day long, every day. Why? Because you're either in the spirit or you're in your flesh. And they each produce something. And they, so, so we don't just try to endeavor to be in the spirit when we come to Cornerstone. Oh, we just pulled on the property. Let's get in the spirit. You should be in the spirit on Monday and Tuesday. You should be in the spirit while you're at your home. You should be in the spirit while you're driving. That would help a whole lot around here. You should be in the spirit while you're working. You should be in the spirit while you're watching your kid's ball game. You should be in the spirit all the time. What does that mean? That because if I'm in the spirit, then I won't do what? I will not fulfill the lusts of my flesh. You're either in one or the other. There is no neutral with this one. You're either in or you're out. You're either in the spirit or you're in the flesh. Well, Pastor Mark, oh, whoa, I hear you. I hear you. But let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about, let's talk about being in the spirit and the next second being in the flesh. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever experienced it. Yes, I have experienced it uh, for myself personally. But h- how about Peter? You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you but my father in heaven. What was that? Revelation. Where did revelations come? In the spirit. A few sentences later, and I believe it was right at the same time, Jesus said, well, I got to go to the cross. And what did, he, what did he say? No, you're not going. I won't let you. My translation, but that's what he was saying. And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. That was, <laughs> that was, that was a jerk around, wasn't it? That was like, What? That was whiplash, right? It can happen. So we got to protect against it. All right? You, you with me? I know you are. Then I say, walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So they're at war. And these are contrary to one another. They're not buddies. And you cannot do the things that you would. But if you, if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. That's a whole nother teaching, but now the works of the flesh are these. Then it lists them all. 
adultery, fornication, cleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like, of which I tell you before and have told you in time past that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you're always yielded, if, as a born-again believer, if you're always yielding to your flesh and the lust of your flesh, you're not going to be able to walk by faith. You're not going to be able to walk in. It doesn't mean these people are not born again. It just means they're not going to be able to inherit. They're not going to be able to, they're not seeking first the kingdom of God, and they're not going to walk in the promises of God that are yes and amen. It reminds me that scripture says, uh, we were in times past some of these. Remember that scripture? So we're not supposed to be these anymore, but they're in your flesh. I I wish our flesh would have got born again, but it didn't. But there is a way to combat it. There is a way to live in victory. There is a way to live in freedom. Here we go. Here it is. But the fruit of the spirit is now notice, because it's, understand it's talking about the lust of flesh, and then immediately it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, I, I prefer faithfulness, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified, oh, there, we got to crucify that stuff, crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, come on, let's be bold about it. Say, I live in the Spirit. I live in the Spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. Say, I walk in the Spirit. So you can live. Now, the Bible wouldn't tell you something you couldn't do. Well, Pastor Mark, you can't live there. Well, you most certainly can live there. You can live there. It is, it is attainable. It is achievable. You can't live in the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. That's as the Spirit wills. But you can live in the Spirit. You can live in the word. You can live a life of worship. You, you can be, to be in the spirit is to be more aware of spiritual things than natural things. You can do that while you're selling a house. You can do that while you're driving a car. You can do that while you're cooking some food. You can do that while you're on a walk. You can do it all the time. Come on, y'all Wednesday people. You, come on, you can do it all the time. Amen. And that is our goal. And if you ever get in the flesh, say, I ain't living here, I ain't staying here, Lord, forgive me, and get back in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So it says, so if we, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let's not desire us of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay. So let's do, let's do this. Um, so uh, I don't know how far we got last time because I kind of forgot myself. So I'm just go, we're just going here where we're going, uh, what, what's on my heart. So let's, let's do this. So you're born again. There's seed in you. Your born again spirit can produce these fruit. And when you produce these fruit, and we'll get to it, I kind of gave you a thing a couple weeks ago, but these, these, then these fruit will push out. You see, yes, you got to crucify your flesh, but if you just start with the crucifixion of the flesh, you are probably going to do it in the natural. So people with habits, people with problems, people would deal with things over and over again. Oh my goodness, if I could get them this message, if you'd begin to walk in the spirit, you begin to produce some fruit in your life, it will pop those lusts of the flesh right off of you. And what the Lord showed me is how each one, each fruit affects one of the lusts of the flesh that he mentioned. And so if you start in the spirit, it's so much easier. You know, people misquote, uh, misuse that, work out your salvation. It doesn't mean you get to pick yours, right? No, it means it starts on the inside and salvation then works out of you and affects every area of your life, 
right? In the same way, you're born again. And what is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says? It says, now you're a new creation. You're a new creature. You're a new creation. What? The old you, the old things have passed away because you used to only be able to live in the flesh. Listen to me. That's why I'm telling you, don't get mad at somebody who's not born again. The only choice they have is to walk in their fallen nature and by the lusts of their flesh. They don't know any different. They can't be any different way. Dogs bark, cats meow, birds fly. And also doo-doo on my car and it makes me mad. But I feed them, so, you know, anyway, whatever. But my point to you is that that's their nature. They can't control it. That's what they do. Sinners sin. They don't think right. They don't act right. They don't talk right. You and I should not expect them to. What do we need to do? We need to get them born again. Then we need to get them in church because I know a lot of church people that don't even act right. So if the church people can't even act right, how do you expect those with a fallen nature to act right and do what you want them to do? Think on these things. It would give you an understanding of where we are in the world today. People with fallen natures do crazy stuff. Aren't you glad you're protected by the blood of Jesus? And if anything right now, the church just needs, we just need to get on fire and get some people born again. Hallelujah. But you and I, what are we? New creation. What are we? We're new creations. Are you a new creature? So inside of you, there's a seed of every one of those nine fruit. It's there. It's there. Now you got to grow it. But it starts, so if you start with, well, i got to crucify my flesh. But if you start with working your salvation out, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I've been made holy by the blood of Jesus. I've been sanctified. I've been sanctified. If you start with who you are now, do you know who you are? You know you're born again. You know you're a new creation. You know then that that fruit seed is on the inside of you, and now you need to develop it. And as you develop it, it will push off the lust of your flesh. Yes, you're still going to have to crucify your flesh, but you're doing it from a strong position. You're doing it from the inside, not just the outside. Outside only is traditions of men. Outside only is the law that never worked. The law would still be in place, biblical law, mosaic law, still in place if it would have worked. It told them, I can't do this on my own. I need a savior. I need a redeemer. I need a nature change. And thank God you and I have one. Amen. Shout it again. I'm a new creature. Well, let's look at this. Uh, Just to set my base here, Ephesians chapter uh, five. Verse one, be followers of God as dear children and walk in love. All right. And then it goes, um, I'll just read it. Uh, 
um, walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given us for himself an offering of a sacrifice to God, a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as our saints. So we're not supposed to be having any of that, are we? Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, not right, but rather giving thanks. So our mouth should be used for giving thanks and not the rest of it. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance. Notice how it says it again, any inheritance. Because Ephesians is written to who? Christians. Right? Christians. So the new covenant begins in Acts, and then after the book of Acts, those are all epistles. All the epistles are written to the church. So when you read it, you're like, he's talking to me. All right. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not ye therefore partakers with them. Oh, it's really. So we say you used to be that, but now you're born again. You got a new a nature. Walk in love and don't partake with them. Amen. Don't act like them. Don't talk like them. Don't walk like them. Don't be them because you got a new nature because you got a new nature. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you're the light. So you used to be in dark, but now you've been translated to the kingdom of light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So it tells us that. So then it ends with, that thought ends with, but the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit. So he, it's very important that you understand that we are supposed to walk in the fruit of, of the Spirit. So this is the deal. As we begin this again, I want you to see, go back to Galatians chapter 5. I want you to see then. So if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of my flesh. But if I walk in the Spirit, I'm going to begin to produce something. So the more word I walk in, the more I am a worshiper in spirit and truth, the more I pray. How I many you know the Bible says uh, that when you pray in the Spirit, so you can pray in English or Spirit. Spanish or French or Korean or Japanese, but also you can pray in other tongues and you can do both in the spirit. You can. So you can pray. It's all right to pray out of your mind and even pray repeating the word of God. And you can do that with your mind and your intellect and talk to God. He's your father. He'll hear what you say. You can pray the prayer of faith that way. But there's also a prayer that's in the spirit. What is that? That's when you hook your, when you're in the spirit, you can hook your tongue up with your heart. It's best uh, for me. I pray, you know, I'm like the apostle Paul. I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than y'all. I pray a lot in other tongues. Pastor Rhonda, she prays in other tongues, but, but if you you've ever been in one of her as she leads she's got the word just coming out of her coming out of her and she prays that way we had to work a little bit to pray together because we prayed a little different and I have to be real honest when I first got married to her I thought my way was a little better so I was a little arrogant and then the Lord had to teach me a little different hallelujah we're just different but they both work and they're both in the spirit they're both in the spirit so don't get hung up on methodologies of praying how one person prays is better or higher than the other. As long as it's in the spirit, it's good. Amen. I said, it's good. Amen. You're welcome. Hallelujah. She said, yes, amen. I heard her at home. All right. So uh, my point is in telling you that is though the more in the spirit you are, then what? I'm not fulfilling the lust of my flesh. And the more in the spirit I am, what's happening? I'm growing some fruit. 
I'm growing some fruit. When I'm in the spirit, I'm growing some fruit. When I'm in the word, I'm growing some fruit. When, when, when I'm praying, I'm growing in the spirit, I'm, I'm growing some fruit. When, when, I'm, when I'm ministering to the Lord, when I'm worshiping, I'm growing some fruit. When, when, I, when I walk in and when I live in the spirit, I'm growing some fruit. And when I'm growing some fruit, what happens? It pushes away the lusts of my flesh. In other words, it becomes more, I hate to use the word natural, but that's kind of what, but it's spiritually natural. That's what's happening. I'm growing some fruit and it's stuff's dropping off of me and I don't even, I, it's, it's not so much work. But I'm telling you the truth though, as you do that, then you also are going to have to crucify your flesh, but you're doing it with the help of the Holy Ghost. You're not trying to do it religiously. You're not trying to do it with willpower. Listen to me, willpower may work for a little while, but it will not sustain you. 21 days, baloney. 21 days, baloney. You can create a habit in 21. Well, you can't get rid of just doing some things by your willpower in 21 days. Because it's, not, it's a part of the lust of your flesh and the Bible is the only way you can get really understand how to get rid of or those things aren't um, uh, controlling you anymore. Well, I've got it under control. No, we're not trying to get things under control. We're trying to cut it off. We're trying to get rid of it. Hi, my name is so-and-so and I am a whatever. I don't believe in that. I believe I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's the old me. And you're not going to get me to confess that. That's like saying I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I was a sinner. I was saved by God's amazing grace. Now I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Y'all know I can get stirred up on those things. Because, see, it's just so important. you got to be able to correctly identify yourself. If you identify yourself mostly after the natural, how you look, where you came from, your degree, your job, that's very natural. I get it. People want to know who you are naturally. But you also, even if somebody doesn't want to know who you are spiritually, on the inside you ought to be saying, I, I can tell you who I am. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. My name's written down in glory. Hallelujah. I'm a son or a daughter of the most high God. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. You'd want to know me. Hallelujah. If you knew everything I was. Right. That's how you identify yourself. Amen. Got lots to say, obviously. But let's get to it. We're trying to get to Galatians again, aren't we? Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. So let's just start there. The, the fruit of the Spirit is agape, right? The fruit of the Spirit is agape. And so how is that fruit produced? Can you do it on your own? You just can't because it's the God kind of love. So you can't produce the God kind of love on your own, out of your flesh. So the first fruit that's produced by your born-again spirit. And it's interesting that it's listed first. I, that's not a mistake. That's on purpose by the Holy Ghost. So the first fruit you ought Why? Because love is the greatest of these. The, every, love is big. It's a big dog, right? It's the biggest dog. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Love. So Bible Institute, if you haven't been there, you need to go through love walk number one, love walk number two. It's everybody's favorite class. Hallelujah. It's good. Amen. It really is good. You know, I, I've been so blessed. Um, I'm so grateful that my wife had that great revelation. 
I don't know if I'd still be here in the ministry as strong as I am or even be here if she hadn't had a great revelation of love walk. Because I had a whole lot of opportunity to get mad at a whole lot of people. But I learned better. I learned what to sow and what not to sow. I learned to sow no judgment. <laughs> I don't know what they're going through. And I ain't talking about them. You cannot get us to talk about a minister. Not. People want to talk about the church they came from, how off it was. We won't talk with you about that. We'll talk with you about restoration. We'll talk with you about how great God is. And we can talk about the, the healing power of God, but we're not, we're just, we just don't. I, I'm not sowing that. I'm going to keep in love. And I'm going to try to get you in love too. Amen. No, Pastor Mark, you're just ignoring the facts. Well, no, I'm just not. Uh, me knowing the facts and talking about the facts aren't going to change their facts. All I have control of is me. And you have control of you. And everybody shout, I'm walking in love. Say, you cannot offend me. I will not be offended. And I will not take offense. Hallelujah. If you can get that and really believe it, it'll change your life forever. Well, we know what love is. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, um, charity suffers long. So this is what this fruit looks like. It's, it suffers long. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't vaunt itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. It seeks not its own. It's not easily provoked. It's not easily provoked. It's not easily provoked. If you're listening to people who provoke you right now, you need to quit listening to them because true agape does not provoke. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It doesn't. It doesn't. Hallelujah. Uh, it thinks no evil. My goodness. Rejoices not in iniquity. It doesn't rejoice when, when someone else gets it or even gets what's coming to them. It doesn't rejoice over that, ever. I'm not rejoicing when someone gets what's coming to them. I don't want what's coming to me. I'm grateful I'm not going to, because Jesus paid the price. Now, I'm not talking about sin. The wages of sin is death, and you can live in sin, it's going to show up. It just is. But... It doesn't rejoice in iniquity, it, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It never fails. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. This fruit called love. This fruit called love. Ephesians chapter 3. So what we're going to do is we're going to endeavor over the next few weeks to work our way through this fruit. And then I'm going to show you. Uh, by looking at the, some of the um, works of the flesh, how that particular fruit will get rid of it. Just like this one. If you walk in love, really the God kind of love, you would never commit adultery. Selah. Right? I love you with the love of God. And then even the lo that love would keep you from even avoid, you would then even avoid the appearance of evil. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3. Woo, this is good pastoral teaching. Ephesians chapter 3. You do this, you may not run around the room tonight, but you might in a few, a, a while. Ephesians 3, 
Um, verse 14, for this cause I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with all might uh, by his spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in love. And with that, you would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. So walking in love leads you to the fullness of God. You cannot ever get to the fullness of God until you've grasped love because it's the greatest of these. And God is love. God is holy. God has power. But he is love and he is holy and he's made us holy. And then this fruit, the first one he wants us to get and to have big in our lives is the fruit of love. All right, let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Uh, we'll do verse 10. And, and put on the new man. Colossians 3.10. And put on the new man. So is this automatic? Do you have, did you put your clothes on today? Right? Even your children, sometimes you got to put their clothes on, right? Well, you got to put you got to put on these clothes. Put on the new man. So it's, so so you're born again in your spirit, right? Your spirit is alive unto God when you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. So you didn't get you uh, you you became a new creation. You didn't get a you didn't get a makeover. You got you're a new creature. The old you is what dead. The old sinner you is dead. You got a new you're a new creation. No renovation. Love renovation. Love to see renovations of old cars and old houses, but you didn't get a reno in your spirit. Now, where you need to renovate is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's where a renovation needs to happen. And that's why you got to put on the new man because it'll affect your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your physical body. You are a three-part being. And the reason that most Christians are carnal they act carnal. You can't tell much different about them is because they never put on the new man. They never get into the word. They never develop fruit. Doesn't mean they're not going to heaven. I'm not going to argue with that stuff. You know, I, I'm telling you, don't walk so close that you, we can't tell you're born again or not. And this is Wednesday night, and I know you all, you all, that doesn't apply to you, but, but you understand. So, but if you know somebody, tell them to quit walking close to the edge. It's good, on, it's good in the deep end of the pool. It's good to know who you are in Christ. It's good to produce some fruit. It's good to get filled with the Holy Ghost. It's good to go all in. But you got to put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. So what do you got to do? I got to renew my mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. What do I got to do? I, I got I to offer my body a living sacrifice. What am I doing that for? Verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, so, so he's saying, once you, once you become a new creation, quit uh, dividing yourself out by the natural stuff. You're in the family or you're not in the family. You're either in the family or you're not in the family. Two families on the earth. You and I picked one. We got to get them to get out of that family. Remember, Jesus said to the religious people, you're of your father, the devil. So there's two fathers. You and I got the right family. Amen. Are you glad? Amen. We got to get the rest of them in the family. 
There, there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and all. Put on. Uh-oh, we got to keep putting stuff on. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. That's who you are. You are holy. You are beloved. But what do you got to put on? Bowels of mercy. Kindness. Humbleness. How are you going to do all those? You're going to have to walk in love. You're going to have to walk in love. You're going to have to have big fruit love. <laughs> a big agape in your life. It, but you got to put it on. Everybody say put it on. You got to put it on. What do you got to put on? You got to put on the new man. Why? Because that fruit, that seed is on the inside of you. That love is in there. It's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. But you needed to get in your soul and you, need, you needed to act that way. You need to show forth. That's where the fruit is. Uh, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Forbearing one another. Forgiving one another. If I'm going to forbear you and forgive you, I'm going to have to do it with agape. Because the old me... Might not get to you soon, but he would get to you. My flesh knew how. That it go. You, th you think I forgot about it? But I get you. I've been redeemed from that. I don't think that way anymore. I'm grateful I've been delivered. But I still have flesh. But I got to keep that under. How do I keep it under? With agape. With agape. With agape. It's the only way you can do it. It's the only way you can do it. You, can, you can't let your flesh have any room. Can't meditate on it. Can't think about it. Can't hope for it. Right? Amen. What do we got to do? We're going to forbear one another. We're going to forgive one another. If, let, if any man have a quarrel against any... Any means, <laughs> even as Christ, oh, this is how we got to do it, though. Anybody been forgiven? Yes. The Lord reminds you every day what you used to be? No. Does, has, <laughs> that was weak. Does the Lord remind you every day who you used to be and what you did to him and how many times you used his name in vain and um, all those years of, all that does he even remember? No. How can we do this? <laughs> remember Peter? Lord, give me some faith here. How, okay, we can do it 70 times seven in a day. That's what the Lord said. What? Come on. Ooh, that's too many. That's 490 for one thing. It's too much. It's too much. Well, that means if he's telling us to do it, he'd do it. Think on that. Don't live there, but think on that. He's, he's gooder. He's awesome. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, that's the way you should forgive them. That means you don't remember it. That means you don't bring it up. It means you don't hope the Lord's going to get them. You can't do this on your own. This is impossible on your own. 
in your flesh. You gotta have a new nation. You gotta have a new nature. You gotta have the love of God shed upon your heart. I was supposed to get through three fruit. I don't think we're gonna. First John four sixteen. First John four sixteen. Let me see if I need to run into this one too. First John. But the good news is you have that love in you. You don't have to do this on your own. You can do this. You are doing this. Amen. I mean, when we do this, the Bible even says that's how we're, they're going to know that we're his children. First John 4, um, 16. And, and, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And that he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. So uh, God is love. And that he that dwells in love, who, those who dwell in agape, that means you're dwelling in God. And if you're dwelling outside of agape and you're in your flesh, then you're not really dwelling in God. You're not dwelling because God is love. And how can two walk together unless they agree? So God put love in you so you could walk with him. God put his love in you. It's not a substandard love. It's agape. It's the kind of love he loves you with. And that's the love of God. And it's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And it's in you. It's towards you. It's for you. But it's also in you and working out of you. And it's the love of God, the compassion of God, that, has, that brings repentance. And so when people love... Now, this is the question that I have for you. When, when someone runs into me, what do they run into? When someone bumps into my life, especially when there's stuff going on, when they bump into us, the body of Christ, the first thing they should bump into is agape. But is that what people are bumping into? When they bump into you. And when I bump, I mean bump, I really mean collide. That's really how you can tell. You know, I, I used to say it like this, but, um, you know, so many years ago I learned this. You know, you squeeze an orange, you get. You squeeze a grape, you get. Now, when you squeeze a believer, you're all going to say, if you've been around here a while, because this is the way I normally teach you. When you squeeze a believer, you get faith. But when you squeeze a believer, you also ought to get love, joy, peace. Hope, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, kind, faithfulness. You should, you should get, it's a good one, right? You're the fruit of the Spirit. When you get squeezed, the fruit that is on you, that is in you, ought to come out of you. And the first foremost fruit that anyone should get when they squeeze you, when life throws things at you, is love. Agape. Amen? Amen. Now, we can't control the rest of the body of Christ. You can't even control your spouse or your grown children. You can't control anybody but you. And so you are not the fruit inspector. You are not the fruit. And do not be the fruit tempter to see if you got any. Right? Are you with me? So you're not the fruit. I know some people. I know some people. They are fruit inspectors. And usually what they're inspecting for is things that they're lacking. Because if you're judging somebody in an area, usually it's, uh, it's you. 
Because, you know, we try to make people inferior to us where we're at. So we're always trying to find somebody that doesn't do as well. Yeah, but, you know, because, you know, what about, you know, Peter, what about John? Don't you worry about John. I ain't talking about John right now. I'm talking to you about you. So don't be a fruit inspector. Except for your children. Inspect their fruit all the time. Hallelujah. The teenager ones and the little ones. Help them develop. All right. Well, next we're going to talk about joy. Wednesday night of next week because I know you'll all be back.